Hello and welcome to this month's edition of Mideast Junction. Instead of focusing on a specific country in the region, today we'll be looking at the state of media all across the Middle East. As we know, the climate of media, particularly across the Middle East, is constantly changing and facing different challenges than in other regions. But up until now, no one has ever tried to put the habits of Middle Eastern nationals onto paper to truly understand what's going on in terms of how people are getting their news. That changed in 2013 when Everett Dennis, the dean of Northwestern University's journalism school in Qatar, pushed for a study to do just that. We were a, a relatively new school of journalism and communication in the Middle East, and there wasn't good information about the audience for news. Who, who, were, who was the news, what was the news audience, and what were they uh, paying attention to? What was the role of the, the newspaper, the magazine, radio, television, etc.? Each year since 2013, the school, in conjunction with Harris Poll, put out a study concentrating on a different angle. The latest one was released on September 19th and compared the trends over the past four years to habits of today. Because the area has remained somewhat impenetrable in terms of statistic gathering, the four-year project showcased a mine of information. Dennis further explains. Well, that's always interesting. Uh, the Middle East, surprisingly, is, is virgin territory for survey research. Uh, some governments are just not aware of it, and you don't have any trouble getting in. Now, What's also interesting is the fact that, for the most part, getting stats on many of these countries was not as difficult as one would think. For consistency's sake, the study focused on the same six countries, though this year there were seven. These were Saudi Arabia, Qatar, United Arab Emirates, Lebanon, Tunisia, Egypt, and now Jordan. The only countries this time where we had much difficulty uh, were Jordan, where we had to go through uh, some kind of a governmental procedure to just file our study and make sure it was all right. And occasionally that comes back and people will say, well, we don't like this question or we don't like that question, in which case we either drop the question or modify it. Sometimes it's quite innocuous. Sometimes it's something like we want to ask about politics and they say, well, why don't you say public affairs? Uh, that kind of thing. If we have to modify a question, which we have in a few instances, we always put that in the report so that people see exactly what was asked and why. But for the most part, we had relatively little trouble with approvals of getting permission to go and do the survey. That's very free. It's free, but in certain countries surveyed, where speaking up against the government can be punished by jail time, it's curious to know how trustworthy the responses were. Carrie Hill is a senior researcher director of the study with Harris Poll. She explains. It's perception research, so we can only go by what they do say, but from a contextual standpoint, we know in certain countries that there are concerns about that. So, you know, could these numbers be inflated because people are uncomfortable saying how they truly felt possibly, but we would have no way of quantifying that. Specifically, the nationals, not foreigners, were polled for the studies, and they were interviewed face-to-face, -face, although in the case of Qatar, it had to be done by phone. The only reason we don't conduct the research face-to-face -face in Qatar was that was required by the Qatar Statistical Authority, that they did not allow that. In general, face-to-face -face interviewing is not typically allowed in Qatar. 
But across the other countries, face-to-face -face interviews were the preferred method, as Hill explains. And we knew that, especially at the start of the interview, we were concerned about being able to have true representativeness of the sample if we were conducting the surveys by phone due to either people not having a phone or having poor connections, etc. So the decision was made in order to have the most representative sample possible and, you know, getting to each corner of the countries is to do the interviews face-to-face. And after all the methods of interviews and statistics analyzed and processed, what kind of information do we have? Dennis says one of the main trends was the rise of the smartphone as a major source for people to get their news from. A few years ago, Facebook was the dominant medium. Uh, now, uh, WhatsApp has outdistanced uh, Facebook. YouTube is still important. Instagram is important. Snapchat. Twitter has uh, diminished in its uh, uh, importance. It's down, way down. Such figures are noteworthy when you look at countries that have traditionally been closed off from outside media sources, such as in Saudi Arabia. Dennis explains. You know, people in Saudi Arabia are very, very active online, talking to each other, you know, doing consumer criticism and that sort of thing. He'll also elaborate on this finding of increased usage of smartphones as a source of news. I think that... One of the things that we noticed, and I'm not sure if it's as surprising, but how much news people are getting on their smartphones, on social media, on the Internet. And so what we're finding is more and more people are having access to more and more news sources because of their increased use of getting news from the Internet. And having more access means people are no longer dependent on the state media towing the party line. So in theory, people might be less trusting of their respective governments. But that particular point does not come through in the study. In fact, one curious item surveyed was called national optimism, a rather broad term. Hill explains. The question itself is, do you feel your country is headed in the right direction or off on the wrong track? And it's usually used um, in, in many countries and also often in political settings, um, of course not here, but, you know, just as a general mood of how you feel things are going in your country. And the responses were interesting. 97% of people in the Emirates felt their country was headed on the right track, followed by 95% in Qatar and 94% in Saudi Arabia. I think one of the things that we need to look at for these countries in the Gulf states is the results we've reported were for nationals only. So obviously there are a lot of other expat non-nationals in the country and their responses are not quite as positive. Added to that is the fact that there was a sharp decline over those who feel it is okay to express unpopular ideas online. In 2013, the overall percentage was 43, and this year, it dropped down to 29. And let's not forget that in 2011, the start of the so-called Arab Spring took over, which was conducted using social media as a means to propel people to speak up against their respective governments. Does that mean, though, that the dust has since settled on the idea of Middle Easterners trying to bring about change to their countries? Dennis believes the results show the exact opposite. I think one of the findings to me that's important is that people thought that the Arab Spring was dead. Uh, 
at long gone and the embers are there. And you look at uh, media use, you find that's really not true. There's a very robust interplay of media and, and a conversation going up and engages many, many people. 20 years ago, the media in the Middle East was largely subsidized, state-run television and newspapers, radio. There's still some of that, but now people are engaged uh, and media are interactive, and there's a lot more freedom in that respect. And as we've seen in previous episodes of Mideast Junction, people have been flagging causes and concerns regarding what's going on in their respective countries by taking to the various forms of social media. So while the numbers in the study may indicate a general attitude of acceptance, the flurry of chatter on the non-traditional forms of media appear to indicate otherwise. That's all the time we have today on Mideast Junction. Join me again next month for another look at the region.